G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Today on 2020, we are going to be talking about the persecuted church and religious freedom that's been revoked in Russia. Late uh, on July 7, Russian President Vladimir Putin signed into law legislation against terrorism and extremism, which actually restricts Christians from evangelizing outside their church walls. Now, under this law, under the Yarovaya package, as it's called, all personal evangelism on the streets and individual homes is now restricted. It also requires missionaries to have permits. It makes house churches illegal and it limits religious activity to registered church buildings only. Now, that means Christians meeting in homes are not allowed to invite unbelievers It also means that churches that rent, rather than owning their facilities, their buildings will be forcibly disbanded. And all aspects of the law also apply to the internet, so you can't send out invitations to unbelievers either. Individuals who actually disobey this could be fined up to $780 on the spot, while organisations could be fined more than $15,000. And foreigners, including missionaries, found in violation will actually be deported. Now, six weeks since this law has come into play, we are going to be speaking to a missionary that's been actively ministering to Eastern European nations for over 25 years. Now, I want to emphasise that while he's knowledgeable about conditions inside Russia, he's not a resident of Russia and has never lived there. But when actively ministering into Eastern Europe, he has some interesting and valuable insights to report from those inside the nation. For the purposes of this interview... And to protect his ministry, we won't be mentioning his name or his ministry. So thank you so much for joining us on 2020. I'm glad to be here with you, Janine. Um, Firstly, now, I understand that you've been actively engaged in ministry for over 25 years and you've had regular interactions with church in Europe, the Ukraine and even around the world. What is the reaction by churches in Russia to these new laws? Well, it's it's actually been a progression. Well, here in the West, we haven't really noticed so much some of this, but tip of, tip of the iceberg is showing. A lot of people are shocked, but it's been going on for some time. We, within the last five years already, um, the Russians were making, uh, were, have put in place uh, rulings or, or de facto laws, if you will, that uh, all churches were illegal unless they had 10,000 members, uh, unless they and they had been in existence for over a hundred years, the the point of that was to reinforce the position of the Orthodox Russian Orthodox Church um, and to persecute and push down those churches that are not Russian Orthodox. Probably the best thing to be said was that all through the Cold War, for sure the uh, Russian Orthodox Church was quite well tied into the KGB or secret police. Um, so it, it is an arm of the, of the, of the government uh, by another name. So not quite a church as the way you and I might think of a church in Australia or across the world. 
even like five or six or seven years ago, Russian agents were uh, going ahead of us in places that we were visiting and telling the people, do not listen to them, do not receive Westerners, do not receive charismatics. Uh, it's dangerous for you. It's not good for you. They don't have the real truth. Um, and then the, the latest thing that uh, Vladimir Putin's putting out, so well, that, and this is quite restrictive and quite, quite out front. We already have some reports from inside what's going on with that. So would you say these new laws that have come into place are basically something that's that, that's not new? Well, not new um, in the fact that there's um, that they're part of an organized, um, I would say, progression of persecution. So the latest the latest uh, laws that have caught the attention of the media, uh, which which are saying that you have to be registered to be in a church, so you have to have an identity uh, identity card. That's not particularly new uh, in the set of, in what they're trying to do. That is to find out who's a Christian and control them. I'm not sure that Christians ever had identity cards before that, but that's the latest. Uh, certainly they were on the roster of the KGB uh, at all times as soon as they could find people out. So the next thing is, of course, they were trying to limit ways for evangelism, and the new law is has given voice and power to that possibility, saying that if you don't have an identity card when the uh, when the secret police come or the police come uh, and visit your church, which they are going to do, uh, I don't know if there's any. We have any records now that's actually happening, but that's the plan. Then those without an identity card will be assumed to be people that you're evangelizing, and they've made it illegal to evangelize. So the same thing is true. You're not allowed to say grace in your own home if there is an unbeliever in your home, and you had to be silent about your faith. The idea is to keep the churches from multiplying and turn the screws down on those that are already Christians. If you've just tuned in, I'm speaking to a man who's been actively engaged in ministry into Eastern Europe for the past 25 years. Today we're talking about Russia's new terror laws that uh, actually came into play on July 7 and how this law creates the basis for the mass persecution of Christian believers in Russia. We'll be back with more in a short while. Welcome back to 2020. We are discussing Christians in Russia and the banning from discussing their faith outside of churches and other designated places under new terror laws that came into play just six weeks ago. And we're speaking to a missionary who's been involved in spreading the gospel in Eastern Europe actively for the last 25 years. Now, I want to emphasize that this man has chosen to remain anonymous specifically because of the, uh, the concerns of the church and the church's future in that region. Now, as the days unfold, there's been a group of Christian lawyers uh, now preparing to challenge the law in the country's constitutional court and their message is to Putin, please don't confuse Christians with terrorists. Think about this law and its consequence for ordinary Russian believers. But the Russian officials argue or insist that it, their laws are to tackle terrorism and it is aimed at Islamic hate preaching. What's your response to that? Um, Putin has, it's no secret, he's spoken out that he wants to see the former USSR rebuilt uh, as it was before the fall of the Iron Curtain. So it's just another step in doing that. So what that means is 
is they're trying to keep churches from growing because the um, because the government sees the church as a threat because it brings truth, it brings goodness, it brings kindness, and it um, has a voice to protest against that which is uh, which is tyrannical. So what we see is they're trying to suppress that because they see that as like a fifth column that will raise up and damage their purposes, which is to bring despotic control. I understand that even the Russia's big four telcos say that the new law will bring in huge expense. They're saying that it'll be required to keep communication files for up to six months with costs set to rise by some 300%. Uh, Exactly how do you see these laws being played out? They're going to be monitoring all communication, all emails, all faxes, all phone calls. Probably they can't do that yet because... Uh, some of the people that I've talked to said that the the data needs um, uh, are so large that um, Russia doesn't have that computer ability to keep those records, although they're saying this is where they're going to go. Um, they're putting a lot of money in, still into weapons and so on. So the infrastructure for uh, keeping records digitally uh, is not yet in the capacity that they're uh, bragging about that they're going to be doing. Most of the 7,000-plus churches in Russia, I understand, meet in private homes because they don't have access to public facilities. Where do you say the future is headed then for, for ministering the gospel in Russia? Well, we have to remember that under persecution, the church thrives. So uh, I don't think it's, it is disappointing and maybe discouraging but in God's economy, when persecution comes, somehow uh, he, he comes and empowers them to, to grow. And, and yes, pe- lives will be lost. Yes, people will go to jail. But faith increases under persecution rather than decreases. So I, I think that's encouraging in that sense. But it's discouraging to know that our brothers and sisters uh, on the other side of those borders are going to be in for a hard time again. And what does what does it mean for those outside groups who work in Russia? Are they held by the same laws? Well, over the last five years, uh, Russia has been steadily getting rid of missionaries, and I know long-term missions missions people who have um, been caught out, even ones that have been there a long time who had residential permits, who are fluent in Russian, and uh, have the proper health insurance, have the proper papers and even had their own places, they're being moved out. So um, the idea is to make it a God-free zone again, as, as they attempted to do before. It didn't work, but it does make it difficult, and it's, it's terrible for those that are caught in it. What, what's been the response for those that are, that are caught in it right now from the people that you know on the ground? Well, they're, they're quite upset, and they're trying to hire lawyers because there are constitutional uh, guarantees. But you have to understand, um, there's been, they've done all kinds of things illegal from, for many, many, many years, uh, right back through the Cold War, right back to the Russian Revolution. Law has not been a barrier to them doing what they wanted to do. So um, we, we can hope that the lawyers will do something but um, maybe it slowed the progression down. And I believe for any Christians that are listening to this, uh, as we're talking about this and discussing it, do not be discouraged, but pick up your 
sword of the Spirit and begin to pray. Cry out to God for this, um, which is not equitable. Cry out to God for their for the people's lives, for the faith that needs to be there, because there will be people in prison. There will be people that are put to death. There will be people that are uh, tormented or tortured. Um, there will be people that are spied on. So um, fight for it in, a, in, a, in your prayer closets and cry out to God. And if there's a way that you can sponsor or help those that are already on the inside doing things, then find a way to do that. I want to say bless those folks. There are brothers and sisters, and the time is short for us to be able to get in at the same level we were uh, at Glasnost. So that's, but it, it, it was actually foretold before we even went, and it's, we can just see that it is happening. So it's not a surprise, not to those that have heard the prophetic word of God, not to those who have watched the door slowly swinging closed, but uh, and there'll there'll still be ways for for Westerners and Western money and Western prayers. Obviously, prayers are jump boundaries without any resistance. But uh, for us to help in ways that uh, God gives us, He always gives us ways. Well, and I know that there's so much need in the world out there. But if there was such a time to support people such as yourself, um, I know it's now. And while we can't give out your name or your ministry, I know that you and your wife have been living by faith for for some twenty years. And I know many of us may feel that the problem is too big, but I've heard many miracles uh, through. God using this man and his ministry to interact with the people, the persecuted church. So if you'd like to offer any support, you can call us on 1-800-316-316. And as he also said, it's so important for us to pray. Thank you for joining us on 2020 today. God bless you, and it's been a privilege to speak with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.